Good morning. Welcome to the Coffee Break Bible Study Podcast. We are glad to have you with us here on this wonderful Thursday morning as we again dive into God's Word and we continue with this idea of the one question uh, and looking at different questions that maybe people have, that maybe people have come up with or or thinking themselves. And today we have a very interesting question, uh, that one that, that really comes from a, a phrase and looking at that phrase of of how I can do this. How can I uh, put this into action? And this morning as we look at this and and really dive into uh, this subject this morning, the question that often comes up is, how can I love the sinner but hate the sin? How can I love the sinner but hate the sin? And it's a very interesting question if you really dive into it and, and how wonderful it is we got to study this uh yesterday on wednesday night and and really dive into to what people think about it and how that how we can interact with it and how interesting that study is and so this morning as we kind of recap we go back over that information to share it again and and just to really dive into it uh, in more detail uh, again when we think of, of loving the sinner and hate the sin and it's sad that that sometimes, and this really this this topic of loving the sinner and hate the sin comes from people that maybe are trying to justify a sin, uh, or trying to say, "Look, I know what this sin is, and and I don't want to really deal with it, so I'm just going to say I love the sinner." And how sad it is that it's come down to that so much, and yet how often it is when we think of, and this is how one person put it says when we label someone a sinner we are creating a a, a yes a us versus them mentality we are saying that we're more righteous and we're looking down at those that that are poor or wretched or or ignorant and they're sinning and so i'm better than them and they need to listen to what i've got to say because i am better uh, it reminds me a lot of what the Pharisees did. If we look back at, at what the, how the Pharisees interacted with people, they were rarely like this. Uh, you look at, at what Christ says about them, how they were praying on the street corners, how they were conducting themselves. Even when Christ, if we go back and look at, at here in a moment, as we look at different examples of this, how they interact with Christ, asking, look, why is he eating with publicans and sinners? Uh, I, I, I'm reminded of the, the a parable that is told of the Pharisee and the publican, that both of them went up to pray, both of them went to the temple, and the Pharisee saying, look at how great I am, look at, at what I've done, look at how I live my life, I'm glad that I'm not like some other people, like this publican, uh, and, and just downgrading this man that is at the temple praying too. And how sad it is that even today, we can get that same mentality. I'm better than somebody else because I'm religious and they're not. And it shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't be that way. And yet, what comes to mind if we start to look at Scripture and what Scripture tells us on this matter, uh, if you open your Bibles with me this morning, if you have them or are following along, uh, look at Romans chapter 3 in verse 23. And really, if we, we dive into this, this topic of 
maybe labeling somebody a sinner or not a sinner, we have to realize that we have all sinned. And that's what Romans 3.23 tells us. It says, For we all sin and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, who has, who, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Now, when we think of that, we've all sinned. There's not a single person out there except for Christ that has sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Here's Paul writing this to the Romans. One that, that would say, look, I am the least of the apostles. I am the chief sinners. Possibly because he was the one that persecuted the church. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have to get that mindset in our head. And oftentimes we think of Christians, they may pay lip service to this idea. They may say, oh yes, we've all sinned. But then they sit back with that, that, that attitude of, oh, I'm, I'm better than somebody else. We have to realize that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And if we look at other passages that, that just come flowing in, into mind, of how powerful that is to, to know that we have sinned to know not only have we sinned but God has given us a way of escape he's paid the price and one thing that comes to mind if if we look at Romans chapter 5 and, and verse 8 uh, there it says but God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we were were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we should be saved by his life. And not only so, But we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have received the atonement. God loves us that he sent his only begotten son. Why? We turn over to John chapter 3 and verse 16 and read that passage, a very well-known passage. And how powerful that passage is. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, God sent, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved us that much that he sent his Son. While we were sinners, while we were sinners, to give us atonement. To take our sins away. And how powerful and wonderful that is. That while we were sinners. There he says. Look we are justified by the, his blood. By Christ's blood. It's through him. We shall be saved from the wrath of God. And how wonderful that is. We have that blood of Christ. Which continually cleanses us. 
And yet we think of that topic that we're, we're discussing of loving the sinner but hating the sin. How often it is we, we do take that for granted. And we say, look, I know that I've sinned, but I'm not as worse as, as this other person that's just down the road. I'm not as, pers- I'm not as worse as the person that, that is maybe sitting in a bar or one that's been doing drugs. They've all sinned. And how often it is we focus too much on the sinner than we do focusing on the sin. And oftentimes we, we want to nail it so hard on that person. You've done this wrong, one thing wrong, and we just focus on that one problem. We don't focus on the person's soul and letting them know Christ. We want to focus on the problem, not the solution. And, and how sad that is, we should be focusing on the solution of getting them to Christ showing them Christ through scripture, showing them what Christ has done for us and, and for others, showing them that that it is Christ is the answer to all of their problems. And how powerful that is when we do that. We don't focus on just the sinner. We focus on the soul. We should, we should really change that phrase to loving the soul and hating the sin. Uh, and, and not just look at the person as, you are a wretched sinner, you've done wrong, but you have a soul, and you are important to Christ. One person put it this way when we're thinking of this topic, when we're tempted to say, love the sinner and hate the sin, just stop at love. That's it. Love is the most powerful thing that we can do. To love that person. To care for that person. And how wonderful it is. And Pastor, that, that kind of goes right along with what we're talking. If we turn over, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. If we, we look at 1 Peter here, and it's very simple how he puts it. He says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Have charity. Have love. A fervent love. A, 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 a love that, that is fiery. That, that, that agape love that we read of in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That love uh, is, without love, everything else falls into place. We have to have that love. And he continues there in that same verse. says, above all things, having fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cov- cover the multitude of sins. For charity or love shall cover a multitude of sins. How powerful that is to think that is is what it's about. Having love. The love that Christ showed us to cover our sins. The love that we show to others is much more important too. Yet we think of Christ and, and I'm often looking at, at Christ for examples, and then Christ gives us some wonderful examples of, of how he loves, of what he tells others. Uh, one thing that comes to mind in John chapter 4, in verse 14, what does he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. That simple. That easy. If you love me, 
keep my commandments. Do we love Christ enough to keep his commandments? To show what what Christ has taught us? To put that into to effect? This, and to make that our goal? Other things that come to mind, just examples of Christ and, and the way he interacted with people is amazing. And the love that he shared for others. Uh, turn with me very quickly. We're going to turn to uh, John uh, in the book of John there. And, and we're going to look at John chapter 8 uh, and, and verses 1 through 11. We're not going to read all of it just to kind of get the idea of what's taking place here. Here is Christ. He's in the temple. The scribes and Pharisees are, are trying to tempt him. And they bring a woman into his midst that, that was taken in the act of adultery. And they say to him, Master, this woman was taken, in verse 4, taken taken in, the, in, uh, in adultery in the very act. And this is kind of what we discussed last night. You think of this woman. Here she is, either taken in the act. So she is was actively committing adultery, taken in the act, and is drug out of that situation, drug into the temple, into the midst of all these people, brought before Christ, set down before him, and, and accused of these things, and said, look, here she is, and Moses says to stone her right there on the spot, as we see in verse 5, but what do you say, Christ? First off, they came to Christ, trying to tempt him, trying to, to bring something up from him. It says, and when they continued to ask him, he lifted up and said, He that was without sin among you, let him cast a stone, let him first cast a stone at her. And he stooped down again and wrote in the ground. And when they heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Hey, could you imagine this? Here's this woman caught in this act. People ready to put her to death. Maybe they had stones in their hands. And what is Christ's? He that is without sin among you, cast the first stone. Could you imagine that stone just dropping from their hands as they left? They were convicted. They knew that they couldn't cast that stone. They, they knew that they had sin in their lives. And so they had to stop what they were doing right then. And how sad that is when that has taken place. That they had that mindset. And yet here they are. Here's Christ. What does he do? They leave. And it says, When Christ lifted up his head and saw none but the woman, he said, Woman, where are your accusers? Verse 10. Thine accusers. Verse 10. Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. See, you think of Christ there. He could have. Said he could have answered and said, Yes, condemn her. But the way that the, these people were trying to get at Christ was wrong because they were trying to, to tempt him. But for the woman, 
How embarrassing that must have been to be drug out into that situation, to be put up on a pedestal saying, look, this woman has sinned. And yet, those people that were there were in the same shoes. They were convicted in their own conscience. They had sinned as well. They had raised themselves up before people saying, look, I'm holier than them. I'm better than them. Looking down on these people, saying, there's no way I, I, I'll be with them. And sad that, that that often is the mentality that we have today, that we look down on others saying, look, I'm better. You need to come to me to hear what I have to say because I have all the answers. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I'm the one that's righteous. You're the sinner. I'm the one that's righteous. And yes, we've all sinned, but, but, but you need to listen to me. And how sad that is. Another passage that comes to mind, if we look at it uh, again, just how Christ interacted with people uh, and the examples that he's given us. Turn with me to Mark. And let's go to Mark chapter 2. Another interesting account uh, of what takes place with Christ. And in Mark chapter uh, 2, really we could start... In verse 11 or verse 1 and go all the way through verse 17 but we're not going to, to do that uh, and, and really dive in with me here in verse 13 through 17 because here's Christ you know here he is he, he's calling Levi in verse 14 calling him to call and follow him he's a publican he, he's sitting at the receipt of custom he's taking those taxes and in verse 15 he says and it came to pass that as Jesus sat and meet at his house, many publicans and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth with and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, He said unto them, They that are whole have no need of physician. But they that are sick, I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Here is Christ eating with that person that is the lowest of the low. Eating with the person that that, these Pharisees and and scribes, the ones that they despised, that they looked down on and said they are the dirt. I'm better than them. And who is Christ with? This master teacher, this one that, that, that had all of this knowledge. He says, look, I'm going to eat with them because those are the people I've come to help. And how wonderful that, that attitude is. Have we done that? Have we looked at those that are worse off than us and saying, look, those that, that maybe are outside the church and say, look at who they are and say, I want to help them. I want to show them Christ. I want to be there for them. And how powerful that is. And it begins with love. The love that we have. And again we think of that topic of loving the sinner. How can I love the sinner but hate the sin? Begin with love. Love is everything. As we saw in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8. It covers a multitude of sin. That charity. Everything that we see in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when we study that, that wonderful chapter on love, what is love without that love? Uh, what is it? As Paul says there, though I have all these things, all, I have all faith, I can remove mountains in ver- 
First uh, Corinthians thirteen two, but if I have not charity or love, I am nothing. Charity is everything. And, and verse thirteen of that text says, "Abideth faith, hope, and charity; these three, but the greatest of these is love." Love is the most important part of that phrase of how can I love the sinner and hate the sin. We have to love them. We have to put that in our minds and work on that. That we're not going to condemn them. Uh, That's not our job because of that sin. But it's our job to show them the love. To show what Christ has done for us. The love that he has for us. And show them what the love that Christ has. And show them that we love them. That we care for them. That we want them to have the same opportunities that we've had to obey the gospel. And how wonderful that is. Again, thank you for joining uh, joining me this morning uh, for this study of, of uh, the one question. How we continue to do that and, and look at that. If you have a question, let us know. Uh, either send us a message on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page. Or... or uh, I send us a, a comment on the uh, podcast uh, or, and so that we can continue to uh, share that and look at these questions and, and how wonderful this study is. We continue to do this every Thursday morning uh, and how wonderful it is we have that time to study. Uh, as always, as we end the episode, we uh, remember the phrase that we've always said, God loves you, we love you, And we will see you next time.